Okay, <clears throat> good afternoon everyone. Welcome to this week's uh, <clears throat> Shimru. We're doing the Malacha of Zoira. Okay, I was also asked, um, this year is hosted by uh, the Shimru program, which is a branch of the International Shabbos Project. But there's a lot involved in uh, getting this year till this point. They have an entire team of Tamei Chachamim working on the source material to be able to uh, present one malacha in one week based on all the Gemaras and the Rambam and the Achroinim and the uh, Poiskim. <clears throat> and uh, in order to fund this team, they uh, are reaching out. If anybody would like to participate in um, funding this project, it will culminate in the production of a sefer, which is being produced by uh, the Shabbos project called Shabbos 39, I believe. So if anybody would like to participate, please go to the uh, Shimru site or location and Tavay Aleichem Bracha. Okay, so we begin today with Malachas Zoyre. Zoyre is the seventh Malacha. It's pretty amazing. Uh, excuse me, is the sixth Malacha. It's amazing, we've been doing this now for uh, seven weeks because we began with Bishol and then we started with Zoirea, planting, Choyresh, plowing, Koitzer, harvesting, Ma'amer, bundling, Dosh, threshing, and now we're talking about winnowing. Now, where was winnowing used in the Mishkan? So after they threshed, which means they took off the kernel from the, uh, they took off the husk from the kernel, they took off the bad from the good, so now you're left with the herb. But in the herb itself, there are wanted parts and unwanted parts. So how do you separate the wanted from the unwanted? Uh, So basically you would throw it up in the wind, and the wind would blow away the whiter, the lighter, unuseful parts, and uh, uh, it would leave behind the heavier, useful parts, and that is the malacha of zoira winnowing. In other words, you're harnessing the wind to select. That is the simple definition of the malacha. Number one, harnessing the wind. And number two, selecting. <clears throat> We're going to see in the Gemara, there seem to be three malachas that are all doing the same thing. Namely, the Gemara says, Zoyre, Boirer, and Merakade. Winnowing, selecting, sifting. It's all the same thing. Why do I need three malachas? And that's something that the Gemara will discuss. <clears throat> but that's the Malacha of Zoyra. You're harnessing the wind to select the wanted from the unwanted. Now, <clears throat> um, we're just going to get this on Torah anytime. Just one second, I'm sorry. Are you with me? Okay, I'm sorry about that. Okay, so the uh, the Tolda of um, Zoira. What is the Tolda of Zoira? The Gemara, the Rambam does not list any Toldos of Zoira, which is quite uh, interesting that there are no Toldos. How could it be that you have a Malacha with no Toldos? Okay, 
But uh, we're go um, we're going to come to uh, we're going to see uh, actually that uh, there are malacha there are taldos of zayreh that but the Rambam does not list any of them. Um, okay. What about the Yisurei Drabanon? So the Rambam says that winnowing, selecting are avais malacha, and therefore it is even though it's mutter limlo malilais. What does limlo malilais means? You're going to take on the edge of your fingers, you're going to take uh, the husk, and you're going to dehusk the uh, kernel from uh, the the seed from the the husk. Uh, you're not allowed to do that in a regular manner, but what you could do is, as we're going to see, you could blow on it, holding it in one hand, with all of your strength, and that would be permitted. But, you cannot do so with a special instrument. So to use a funnel, or a plate, which is are, are the tools which are dedicated for this, this is not permitted. Okay, so we have the Av Malacha. We mentioned the Rambam's opinion is that there are no Taldois, and... Uh, there are Yisurei Dirabanan and Vav. Okay, so now we come to the Gemara, and the Gemara asks the question of the day. The Gemara asks as follows. The Gemara asks, Hazoira, Haboirer, V'hatoichin, V'hamerakid. Those are four malachos mentioned in the Mishnah and Shabbos. Winnowing, selecting, grinding, sifting. The Gemara asks, Three out of those four are exactly the same. Hainu Zoira, Hainu Boirer, Hainu Merakid. It's all the same. Be it winnowing, be it selecting, be it sifting. In other words, why do I need 39 malachos? We should have 38 malachos. Zoira, Boirer, Merakid, they're all the same. Rashi explains the Tana of the Mishnah broken up into three parts, but they're really one malacha. You're taking the good from the bad. By the way, this question of the Gemara is based on the fact that Oife and Mevashel, baking and cooking, are also, it's listed as one, baking. So we see that even though it's a different process, but if it's accomplishing the same objective, then it's one Malacha. So likewise, Zoira, Boirer, Merakid, it should all be the same. So, Answers the Gemara, Abaye Virava, the Amri Tarvayu, Abaye and Rava. They both say, Kol Milsa Dahavya Bamishkan, any activity that was in the Mishkan, even if there's another activity that is similar to it, is counted as three separate malachis, despite the fact they're all accomplishing the same thing. Since they were performed in three different stages of the of the Mishkan, therefore they're considered three different malachos, even though they're very Similar. Question. Why is this different than if we know that if somebody beats the thread of the weft, that is considered ariga, that is considered weaving. And uh, the Gemara says on Dafayan Hayamad Bayes that beating the weft threads is not a different malacha than oireg. So, question. Why is zoira? Boirer, Merakeid, three different malachas, and weaving and beating the thread, one malacha. That's the kasha of Rashi. Says Rashi that beating the weft thread, that is actually weaving, that is part of the very weaving process. However, winnowing, 
and selecting and sifting, they are all done on three different items. How's that? The winnowing is on the stalks, boirer is on pebbles, and sifting is on flour. In other words, beating the weft thread, it's all on the same material, namely the thread. And therefore, since it's on the same material, it's considered one malacha, as opposed to uh, zoira, boirer, and marakade, which are all on the different materials, they are considered three different malachos. Again, Rashi is saying, and it's very important to remember this, Rashi is found on Ayin Heyam at Beis, that since these malachos are being done on three different stages of the of material, three different types of material, it's considered three different malachos as opposed to beating the left thread and weaving. However, Rashi on the Mishnah gives a completely different reason why these three malachos are counted as three. And Rashi says, because a different vessel and utensil is used to perform them. You winnow with a rachas, with a pitchfork. You select with your hands. And you sift with a sieve. So Rashi is saying something different. Rashi on Ayin, Ayin Hay says, the reason why there are three different malachas is because it's on three different raw materials. Stalks, pebbles, flour. And Rashi on Ayin Gimel Amid Aleph says, not because it's on three different raw materials, it's because three different kalim are used. So what is the main nakud over here? What is the main point over here? In other words, why, what constitutes, what's the main reason that there are three different malachos? Is it because it's performed on three different stages or because three different kalim are used? So comes the Sefer Shvisa Shabbos. And he says, Rashi agrees that winnowing is only in the wind and sifting is only in a kli. Meaning, the main definition of a malacha is what utensil is used. The main way to categorize which malacha you're violating is which utensil you use. In other words, if you use a pitchfork, that's zoireya. If you use your hands, that's boira. If you use a sieve, that is marakid, regardless of what you use it on. So why does Rashi say it's different raw materials? So it says the Shusha Shabbos, because Rashi is bothered by Akasha. What about Mavashal and Oifa? Mavashal and Oifa, you're also using different utensils. You're using a pot or an oven. So why aren't those three different, uh, two, why aren't those two different malachas? Meaning, the Shusha Shabbos says Rashi holds the main way to categorize a malacha is the utensil that's used. But Rashi is bothered by Akasha. What about baking and cooking? And the answer is that the reason why Zoira, Boira, and Merakid are counted separately is because they're done at different stages. As opposed to baking and cooking, they're all done at the same stage. But once that's the fact, once they're considered separate because they're done at different stages, then the way to categorize a malacha is not by what stage it's done, but rather what kind of utensil is used. That is how the Shvisas Shabbos looks at it. However, the Egle Tal says no. The main factor of determining the definition of a malacha is what kind of material is it used on. If it is on the stalk, 
then it's winnowing. If it's on a pebble, it's boirer. If it's on flour, it's marake. That is the Iker criteria. What are you using? Why does Rashi say that one you use a pitchfork, one you use your hand, one you use a sieve? Rashi's just telling you the typical, usual way with which these malachos are accomplished. That is how the Egleital understands it. Okay, here's another important factor. Rabinu Hanana. Says Rabinu Hanana <coughs> that if you take in your hand grain, and in the grain it's mixed with uh, psoilas, refuse, it's mixed with straw, it's mixed with waste matter, and you blow on it, and you separate the waste from the kernels, that's zoira, that's winnowing. You're not using the wind. You're blowing on it. That is considered zoira. Zoira. So we see from Rabbi Nochananel that zoira is not only if you use the wind, but even if you blow on it, that's considered winnowing. Now the Eglay Tal says, that's not the Avmelach of Zoyra, that's a Tolda. Ah, finally, we have, we found the missing Tolda of Zoyra. Right? I'm very into titles. You know, if you go on Torah anytime, people say, Gladstein, you have long titles, you have unusual titles. Those are the nice w- ways of saying it, right? But I'm all, I'm very into titles because titles are uh, how you get people to watch the shir. In other words, if I'm going to say, okay, watch the shir, it's about winnowing. Who Who's interested in winnowing? But I would name the shir the mystery of the missing Tolda of Zaira. It even rhymes, right? In other words, the Rambam doesn't give any Toldas of Zaira. What is the Tolda of Zaira? It would be blowing on items using your self-created wind to uh, separate. Okay. The Sefer Shvisa Shabbos asks on this sheet of Rabbeinu Hananel, based on the Gemara and Be'o, Yud Gimel and Be'ez, Yud Dal Ramanal, Rabbeinu Hanan, the Gemara says like this, how could you blow on grain? Rabbi Lezer says you could blow in one hand with all your strength. So that seems to say that you're allowed to blow on Shabbos. Okay, next. Let's say you put a sword. Last night we gave a shear on the stick of Moshe Rabbeinu. Let's say you put a stick on the top of your roof or a bowling ball on the top of your roof and the wind comes and it blows the bowling ball and it falls down on your friend's yard and it breaks his fence. Are you chayiv or pater? Your pater. Grama benazakin pater. You didn't actively damage your friend. You just indirectly caused damage. And by doing so, uh, you're, you are pater. Grama benazakin pater. So the Gemara in Baba Kama has the following question. We know that if you throw up grain and the lighter, un, unuseful part gets blown away and you're left with the heavier, useful part, you're chayiv. Why? You didn't do anything. You're grama. You just threw it up. There's no Eastern throwing up grain. The selecting happens through the wind. That's a grama. Why? We know grama ben Azakin is pater. Why is grama on Shabbos chayev? And Ravashi says a very big chiddush. That the din that you're chayev for winnowing, that's only regarding Shabbos. Because Shabbos, the Torah, asers a thoughtful 
procedure, a thought, a thoughtful uh, mechanism, which is, in this case, you threw up uh, a grain, and you're harnessing the wind, that's Malachas Machshavas. But when it comes to damaging, it's a grama, grama benazakin pater. Says Rashi, what does that mean, Malachas Machshavas Asra Torah? The Torah asers you to carry out your plan. In this case, your plan was carried out. Says the Rush, that the reason why you're Chayev on Shabbos for Zoira is because this Malacha, the main way to perform it is through a grama, through the wind. So even though it's caused and it's indirect, you're Chayev, because on Shabbos we are, we are concerned with whether your plan is executed, and in this case, your plan is executed. For example, this nice booklet gives an example. When it, uh, any hunters over here? Any, any hunters? I assume most of the people here are hunters because I'm only seeing like a few faces. Usually when people hide their identity, it's because they're closet hunters. Ah, Rab Avi, Shalom Aleichem. Baruch Rafechadam. Ah, Rab Avi has now come out of the closet. He's not a hunter. Okay, I didn't think so. I, w- I didn't think you would be a hunter. But, um, what's halacha if you hunt with dogs? So you, you're running after a deer, and you, you know, you, you uh, incite the dogs to try to uh, catch a deer. So the halacha is that you're chayiv. Why are you chayiv? You should be, uh, you should be pater. It's a grama. The answer is because the Sharetzion explains the main way hunting is performed is through animal. It's a typical way to do so. So even though benazak and your pater, when it comes to hilchais uh, Shabbos, you are chayiv. Now this is the most interesting part of this year, and there's a little bit of a divide between the theoretical, as you have on your Amar Makoimois, and the Halacha Lamaisa, at least the way the practice is in America. Okay, the Shiloh is like this. Let's try to dig in to the uh, definition of Zoyra winnowing. By the way, the Halachas of Zoyra are found in Shochanach Shin Yud Tes. How do you remember that? I don't know. Learn the halachas at your Shabbos Tish. Backwards. Shinya test. That's the best I came up with today. But, um, the shadow is like this. What is, what is Zoyra? Is it selecting? You're using the wind to select, to choose, to differentiate and to leave you with the good product and to blow away what is not needed. Or is the malacha of Zoyra harnessing the wind, scattering in the wind? Let's say I get a kick out of pouring, I live on a third story, let's say, and I want to pour water off my uh, porch, and the wind's going to come and spread it everywhere and sprinkle it down on everybody standing below, and they're going to think it's raining. I get a kick out of when people are walking home from shul, spilling water on their head and making people think it's raining. Is that Zoyra? In other words, I'm not separating, I'm merely harnessing the wind. That's the Shala. So there's an amazing Yushami. The Yushami says if you spit and the wind disperses it, you're Chayiv for Zoyra. Anything missing the wind, you're Chayiv for Zoyra. Anything that requires the wind, you're Chayiv for Zoyra. Based on the Yushami, the Rama famously, Paskins, and Simon, Shin Yud Tes, Sif Yud Zayin, 
that if you spit on Shabbos and the wind scatters it, you're chayev for Zoira. Okay, that's the Psak of the Ramah. That is the based on the Yushalmi. Comes the Chafetz Chaim. And the Chafetz Chaim in the Mishabura says that we do not find that people are choyshesh for this Shita of the Ramah based on the Yushalmi. Why not? Eh, because you're not mechavein to do it. You're not mechavein to cause the wind to scatter your spit. Number two, says the Bir Alacha, this is not the derech of Zoira. And that, um, no, that's all the Mishnah says. It's not the derech of Zoira to spit in the wind and have the wind carry it. What exactly is the Mishnah getting at? What is the logic over here? So uh, the Bir Halacha quotes Rabbi Kivegar. Now listen carefully, because uh, many Poiskim bring down the Chumrah, but Lamaisa, we're going to come out Lakula today. And that is the Bir Halacha w- wants to know that the Poiskim leave out the Yushami. The Paiskim do not quote the Yushami that if you spit in the wind, you're Chayev. You know why, says Rabbi Kivegar? Because the Paiskim hold that the Bavli understands that Zoirea is selecting, not using the wind. There's no malacha of using the wind, harnessing the wind. No such malacha of scattering something in the wind. No, Zoirea is like Boirer, where you're Mevarer, you're selecting the refuse from the from the food. But if it's all refuse, if someone just spits in the wind and then the wind scatters it, that's not Zoira. By the way, the Raya to this understanding and that the Bavli holds that there's no Isser of scattering something in the wind is remember when the Mishnah says Zoira, Boira, Merakev, the Gemara asks, Hainu Zoira, Hainu Boira, Hainu Merakev. It's all the same thing. What do you mean? It's not all the same thing. I thought Zoira is using the wind. Clearly the Bavli disagrees with the Yushami. The Yushami holds using the wind is Zoira. The Bavli holds there's no Isra of using the wind. The Isra is selecting with the wind. By the way, Rabbi Kiv Eger brings another of other, a number of reasons why we don't hold like this Yushami. Number one, the Paiskim don't bring it. Number two, B- Zoira is a type of selecting. And even the Ramah, who wants to say spitting in the wind is a problem, that's only spit, which is considered growing from the ground. So you say, what? Why does spit grow from the ground? Well, the same way we said last week, cows are considered growing from the ground because they are nourished from the ground. A human, an Adam, could be called Gidule Karka. However, water, if you want to spill water off your porch and have the wind carry it, that would be permitted. Furthermore, says Rabbi Kivegar, it's a psikresha deloy nichale. You have no interest for the wind to scatter uh, your water. And then Rabbi Kiva Eger brings another reason, quoted by the Mishnah Bura in the Bir Halacha, the Alfei Menashe. And the Alfei Menashe says, you know what the Yushalmi means, that you're not allowed to spit in the wind? The Yushalmi doesn't mean that you're over winnowing. The Yushalmi means the same way when you winnow in the wind, you're chayiv, even though you're not doing it, the wind is doing it. If you spit in the wind, you're chayiv not for winnowing, for carrying. 
I, but I didn't carry, the wind carried it. The same way if I harness the wind to select, it's a malacha. If I harness the wind to carry, it's a malacha. In other words, what the Ramah is saying is, you're now to fly a kite on Shabbos, if there's no Erev, because it's carrying. It's not winnowing. The analogy to winnowing is just like by winnowing, it's, you're not doing it, you're harnessing the wind. So too, by carrying, even though you're not doing it, you're harnessing the wind, that's a violation of carrying. But it is not a violation of winnowing. In other words, Rabbi Akiva Eger's opinion is that the Bavli holds winnowing is only if there's selecting involved here. However, if you're not selecting, you're just scattering everything, the opinion of Rabbi Kiva Eger, the opinion of the Mishnah Bura, is not like the Ramah who, cop- who codifies Yushalmi, but that it is Mutter. And therefore, now I'll tell you the truth, the Magen Avram is Machmer like the Ramah. Because the Magen Avram in Hilchah Pesach, in Simen, Tuf, Mem, Be, Mem Vav, Sif, Beis, says that if it's Erev Pesach that falls out on Shabbos, and you can't burn your chametz, the Magen Avram says, don't scatter it in the wind, because that's Zoira. The Mishnah Bruce says, though, you could scatter it in the wind. And the Bir Alachi explains, because it's not a Malacha Doiraisa. That implies the Mishnah Bruah holds that it might be a, a Malacha Durabanon. So Marv Rabbi said, what would you say about the following cases? Are you allowed to take a tablecloth and shake it out in the wind? Good question. Rabbi Avi, you like that question? You like that, Shaila? No? You have a you have a uh, tablecloth, and it has a lot of crumbs on it. I told you, not in my house. In my house, we don't produce crumbs. There's no messes in my house. But in other houses, people, they're, they're very messy. So you want to take your tablecloth, open up the window. I would highly recommend you avoid falling out the window. That's always preferable. But you want to shake it, you want to shake it out in the wind. Are you allowed to shake out a tablecloth in the wind? The answer is, it's a machloikis, according to Rabbi Kivegar, the Bavli and the Yushalmi. According to the Yushalmi, you cannot use the wind to disperse anything. According to the Bavli, you can't use the wind to select. But if you're not selecting, you're just trying to get rid of all the psoilas, it's mutter. Now, many poiskim say, you're not allowed to do it. Including the Lamed Tesmalachos book, Rabbi Riviat's book. However, the halacha is it's mutter. <laughs> You're allowed to do it. I spoke to Rabbi Shmuel first, right before the shir, and uh, Rabbi, Sh- Rabbi Shimon Eider in his book says, Rabbi Moshe says it's mutter, and that's because we go like the Mishnah Brura, and the Mishnah Brura goes like Rabbi Kiva Eger, that we are not chayshesh for the Ramah over here, and the reason is Rabbi Kiva Eger has a number of questions. Most importantly being, the Bavli does not accept the Yushalmi's understanding of Zoira. Now in this push of a handout, they do bring from a number of Paiskim that are strict regarding the following issues. Um, Rabbi Rubiat writes that it's not permitted to dust off a book in the wind or to shake off a dusty blanket in the wind. Or 
Now, Marv Rabbi that is all according to the Chumrah of the Yushalmi, codified by the Ramah. However, the Mishnah says, we're not Chayshesh for the Yushalmi. And Rabbi Kiva Eger learns, by the way, we're not arguing on the Ramah over here. We're interpreting the Ramah, that the Ramah, when he says you can't spit in the wind, it's because it's carrying. But to use the wind to shake off dust or dirt that's on something, and you're not selecting, you're just trying to get rid of everything, the Mishnah Brura and Rav Moshe, Rav Shmuel first concurred, are Mako. So again, there are Paiskim that are Chayshesh for the uh, strict view. I personally am a Mishnah Brura man, um, through and through, L'Chumra Ulakula, and in this case, the Mishnah Brura is lenient. By the why way, isn't shaking off the tablecloth carrying? Why, why aren't the crumbs carried? You're right. If there's no Erev there, then uh, who is that? Uh, Michael? Uh, Michal? No, it's David. 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 David's making, raising a very important point. You're right. If there's no Erev and you're shaking it off outside, it's the same carrying. I'm talking about in your backyard, you have a fence right. or you have an Erev, then you okay. would be allowed to, at least according to Mishabura and Rabbi Kivega. Um There's a Shaila in about using aerosol cans where, again, the, on the booklet over here, he brings the opinion of the, the Hilcha Shabbos B'Shabbos, who says you should not even shake off a tablecloth in your house without using the wind. Merely, so to speak, shaking something in the static air is an issue as well. However, as I pointed out, the Mishnabura holds you can even use the wind to shake off your tablecloth. And uh, the reason being is because the Bavli understands Zoira is different, is only using the wind to select, not using the wind to scatter. By the way, even the Poiskim that are strict regarding um, using the wind to scatter, they have a leniency, but with the aerosol cans, and Rav Moshe is for sure make all by the aerosol cans, and that's because no wind is involved at all. There is a pressurized area in the can, and uh, that causes the particles to scatter. Um, okay. Is there an issue if you, if you scatter the crumbs, even in your backyard, and you know for sure the birds are going to come to eat them? And during the course of the week, you feed the birds, you know, you put the crumbs or bird seed or whatever. So is that a Pesik ratio of the Nichalai, and you're not supposed to feed the birds on Shabbos? There's no malacha do'iraisa of feeding birds on Shabbos, of feeding animals. One is not supposed to feed animals on Shabbos. That's what Mishnah Bura says on uh, Tashlich, one cannot throw bread to the fish. On Shabbos Shira, you cannot put out bread on Shabbos for the birds. Again, over here in this case, you're shaking out the tablecloth, you have no intention of feeding anybody, it's scattering in the wind, it's definitely loinichale. And um, feeding an animal on Shabbos is not a malacha, it's just maybe uvdin dechal, it's a weekday kind of activity. If this is not your intention, that would be okay. Um, again, if you have birds lined up in your backyard and you're shaking it out in order to feed them, so that's, uh, that's different. Okay, Rabbi Yisai, so that's the malacha of Zoira. Again, it's a malacha that might not have taldois, although the talda of the egleital is blowing. But if you're merely... A scattering, even though there's a chumrah of an interpretation of the Yushalmi, the Mishnah Bura, 
and Rabbi Kiva Eger do not accept that interpretation, and uh, therefore that would be permitted. Okay, Bezus Hashem, the next malacha is a whopper, boirer, and uh, we, we will continue Bezus Hashem. Thank you everyone for joining us. Bracha v'atzlacha. Have a great day. Kol tov. Uh, thank you.